Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. But it isn't so much the stories we tell as it's the truth that lives in our little black hearts that I must warn you. Listener discretion is advised. Between the Sundays on Heaven Hill, the weekdays in a tiny school classroom with its chalk tablets, and evenings reading far past bedtime. Between all of that, and more of life's little minutiae, Mildred had more or less forgotten about Sanctum. She'd forgotten about her mother's words in that grove of malicious and malformed trees, and she'd certainly forgotten about her chocolate brown leather shoes that she loves so well, wearing them paper thin and proudly walking to town in them. There was, however, a silk thread, a fine hair that tickled the inside of her brain, a general sense of unease that wormed its way into Mildred's daily life, leaving her unreasonably uncomfortable. While combing her hair before bed, the sensation of the bristles pulling at a knot would send vivid imagery of wet, tangled hair and muddy feet into her mind's eye, and she'd know it was a memory. But she was unwilling to exercise any curiosity. She just let those telling images lay where they may in her mind. As she read her books in the shelter of her room when thunder clapped in a distant, far-off storm and the electric-charged scent of vicious rain wafted in through the cracked window, her cheek would tingle and chest would tighten. She knew exactly where that memory was locked away, but she refused to take the key and turn the lock. She refused to confront it, to face it. And so her memories of Sanctum lay in a shaded valley, half sunken in a boggy marsh, the corpse of what had been a day in Mildred's life wrapped in heavy chains, slowly sinking, lost forever. But unfortunately for Mildred Morthy, 
who would one day proudly call herself Mildred LaPond. Her mother, who, while married to Mildred's father, still proudly bore her maiden name, Black Leech, was not done with her daughter's lessons. Not yet. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Mommy? What are you... Shh. Be quiet. Be so very quiet. Mildred woke to her mother shaking her by the shoulders. She couldn't see in the dark of the earliest hours of morning, but she could smell her mother's hair. It was earthy and reminiscent of wet animal fur. It draped over Mildred and dragged against her cheek the split ends, leaving behind them damp, cool trails. Edith had been out all night again, and Mildred knew it. Why couldn't her mother just be normal? Mildred quickly threw on a moth-eaten sweater and a pair of pants her father's belly had outgrown years ago that she had taken to wearing about the small home when the night got cold, and it had seemed silly and impractical to wear something such as a nightgown. Quiet. Quiet now. Hurry. Hurry. Come along. Her mother pulled at her wrist, dragging her towards the front door and out into the cold. It wasn't unusual for her mother to burst into her room, rudely awakening Mildred to take her out into a field or towards a creek. It was, however, most often her mother's unbridled enthusiasm at some curiosity of nature. Once it had been a seven-leaf clover that Edith had found by moonlight. She'd forced Mildred to eat it, for a reason Mildred couldn't recall. Another time, she had dragged Mildred to a creek, where by the light of dawn, she'd shown Mildred a school of tadpoles, each with a tail as one would expect, but instead of four tiny sprouts on the sides of their body where two legs and two arms would grow, there were six. And Mildred never did learn if that meant two additional legs or two additional arms. Sometimes, despite Mildred's contempt for Edith's odd behavior and her desire to have a normal mother, she sometimes looked forward to those moments with Edith. As long as Mildred forgot that what spurred those sporadic encounters with her mother wasn't the love Edith had for her and a need to share those things with her daughter, well then, so long as she could fool herself, she found she enjoyed those brief moments in time. Keep moving, keep moving. Don't look too closely, not yet. Keep your eyes down and hurry. Hurry! Mildred had long since outgrown her chocolate brown leather shoes, long outgrown the unsolicited charity of others. She'd become more acutely aware of the pity in the eyes of others when they looked at her in her plain and patched hand-me-down clothes. 
She had, at one point in time, shrugged it off. When there was no consequence to that pity as a small child, when she'd only benefited from the benevolent kindness of others. But she had grown into a young woman, nearly 13 in fact, and she was becoming the sort of young woman who wanted to be seen as pretty and kind and smart, who wanted to be her own woman, one that the boys would whisper about and the other young women in town would want to be. Not just the poor girl with the insane mother and lazy, good-for-nothing father. So, having long since outgrown those chocolate brown leather shoes with the silver buttons with the embossed letter L for LaPont, she trudged through the wet earth and fed it undergrowth in a pair of makeshift boots that were far too large for her. Through the old pants she wore, the skin on Mildred's legs bubbled in goosebumps as the fog that hung low to the ground seeped through her pants, and the light morning rain made her scrunch her shoulders up as she leaned forward, trying to will away the wet. Mildred hadn't thought of her mother's special spot in the woods. That place she called Sanctum, she hadn't thought of it in so long that she had forgotten the path that led there. She'd forgotten the way the trail was marked by bent trees, as if they made way for the unmarked trail. She'd forgotten how at one point you needed to jump off into the thick bush next to the trail most days in order to miss the lake of a puddle which formed any time the sky even threatened to rain. And she'd forgotten the way the roots the entire way there stuck up out of the ground as they tried to trip her and hold her back. However... She did not forget that such a place existed. She'd only ignored it, as if by not acknowledging that Sanctum existed, by not acknowledging how her mother had slapped her the last time she'd been there, by not acknowledging the strange words she'd heard her mother speak and the way she demanded she'd sit on that flat rock in the middle of that unnatural clearing. As if by ignoring the entirety of that place, she thought she could erase it from her reality. Edith, barefoot as usual, leaped into the clearing with a rare show of childlike exuberance. Mildred stood at the edge, angry, disappointed. The goodwill with which she'd left the house to entertain her mother's whims and slipped away. Can you see it, Mildred? My darling, my child. Can you see it? The way it wiggles and moves. The texture of it. By then, the sun had begun to show light in the far east. The promise that morning had indeed come to the fort and Mildred could clearly see the shape of her mother as she jumped into the center of the grove, where there was a break in the canopy, where the ambient light there filtered through. As usual, she felt miles away from Edith, unsure of what her mother meant, not knowing where to look. She looked at first to the ground, for something that wriggled but saw nothing. 
she stared intently at the earth, looking for worms. Perhaps that's why her mother had dragged her all the way out to that godforsaken place. Maybe there was some unusual clue of worms that had surfaced and now lay there like some disassembled thing wriggling on the ground, desperately trying to pull itself together. But she saw nothing. Come here and see. Open your eyes. Look now and see. Hesitantly, she stepped forward. Besides the soft pattering of rain, the world felt dead. No frogs in the water. No birds in the trees. Nothing. In that spot, Mildred felt imprinted in a single second in time, where the sound of drizzling rain played over and over in a terrifying loop. Her feet felt like they were in quicksand, and her head swam as the world began to turn. Poor Mildred, my daughter. Your eyes are glass orbs and a face too sad. Your mind is melted by safety and society. Does it feel like razors on your nerves? It did, in fact, feel as if the sharp edge of a razor was scraping against her nerves. A deep, intense feeling of unease as her core buzzed and hummed. Her legs felt as if the bones might climb out from under her skin, which was clammy and sickly. Can you see the way they move? The way they rub together their bodies of liquid, airy night, all fighting and sliding against one another. Look into the trees between the elms which my sisters and I planted. Can you see them peek at you from the shelter of their forest temple? They want to know you, Mildred. They want to help you throw away the burden of that cult of death named Progress. I can help you. They can help you. Look, Mildred. Look deep. Sip from its cup with your eyes. Widen your mind and know the truth. They have always been there, before you and I, and they will be here long after. These are the long shadows which you serve, and whom also serve you. Do you see how they clamor for your attention? She could see the darkness that filled the empty places between bush and trees was static, living. It was a pond, overflowing with inky fish. 
what had her mother done? What had Edith dragged her into? Mildred was cornered. She stumbled into the center of the clearing where the flat rock she'd sat atop the last time she'd been there stood. The edges of darkness encircled her and moved like a tornado twisting both ways. The air was filled with the sound of a low humming. The low humming of many, many different voices. None of which she could discern from one another. Turn to me, Mildred. Turn to me, Mildred, and know that mother always knew best, child. Mildred turned to Edith. Her mother was kneeling in the mud, with hands outstretched in front of her, palms turned up. Her mother muttered words were too quiet and quick for Mildred to understand. She stepped forward, afraid. She was overwhelmed by the movement in the tree. She didn't understand what was happening. It was all too much. She wanted it to stop. Needed it to stop. did, as if she had commanded it all to stop. Mildred Blackleach, daughter of Edith Blackleach, it's been so long that we've watched you grow. Edith's mouth moved but the voice that emanated from her throat was not hers. Do you know the plans we have for you? Can you feel it? Can you feel the strings at your joints pulling? Why do you fight it? You can never be rid of us. Of me. I am you, Mildred. I am what fills that place between bone and flesh and knits you together. I am that which walks in your footsteps. I am your shadow, and I am yours as you are mine. Mildred's breath was panicked and ragged. It was all too much. The light of dawn was now more than a promise in the far east. It had crested the hills and light seeped in through the canopy of the trees. The walls of sanctum where the clearing gave way to wood and brush was still inky though and it was still vibrating in place. As Mildred looked at her mother, stunned and stupefied, confused and scared, Mildred's shadow lay upon the ground, measuring the distance between mother and daughter. 
the faraway low light of dawn, the elongated Mildred shadow made her legs spindly and arms long. Mildred wouldn't have noticed. She never noticed such things as the mark she left trailing her, a dark promise that she lived her shadow. Had it not been for the fact that it, too, vibrated like the forest around her. She stared at it. Eyes bulged. The whites around her iris. Bloodshot pupils dilated in fear. She must been imagining it. It couldn't be. Mildred stood still as she watched it move. It popped and clicked a little at first, then more. A finger dug its way from the ground. That monstrous imitation of Mildred slowly pulled of the sucking gravity of the earth. It twitched, trying to imitate the way it should move. The way Mildred moved. It had watched her for so long, but still, it couldn't get it right. Edith's mouth began to move again as that voice wriggled from her throat. I have watched you cry. I have felt your pain. I know what you want. What you truly want. And I can give it to you. You don't even need to ask. Just do not protest. Why doesn't she love you, Mildred? Why can't she love you and hold you? Why is she so odd and peculiar? Why must Mother be so cruel? Don't worry. Lock her away where she'll be taken care of, where she can't be weird. Edith Black Leech. Poor girl. Mildred never had a chance with a mother as cracked up as Edith. Look at her clothes. Look how dirty she is. She could have been so beautiful if she only had a real mother. It's okay. I am always at your heels, always there waiting to meet you when you fall. 
front of her, out of time with Mildred's own breathing and muscle spasms, but trying to imitate her all the same. She stood, silent, as tears trickled down her face, and her tongue remained tightly clamped between her teeth. Her shadow The long shadow turned, still attached to Mildred as its legs trailed into the earth, connecting naturally at the bottom of Mildred's own feet. Standing over Edith, it began to envelop her. Mildred watched silently as its long, exaggerated fingers, flat and dark, slipped thin and paper-like underneath Edith's eyelids. She watched in horror as its elbows twitched and moved with the strain of its work. Don't say a word, Mildred. Look away like you always do. Go home and I'll be with you again soon. Edith convulsed as the final words spilt from her lips. Her body twitched and spasmed as Mildred's shadow continued to work. Mildred turned away dumbstruck and shocked and walked into the sun. Back east towards home. She was alone though. For the first time in her life, she was completely and utterly alone. No shadow following at her heels. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The Fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see 
with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. I got the ghost of you inside of my head. i